Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. When Vishen came on Bulletproof Radio, my podcast, he set a new record. There's been about 300 guests, and his record was for dropping the most f bombs of any guest ever. <laughs> Which was kind of cool, actually, because I wasn't expecting that in knowing Vision. It's because he coined some amazing words like unfuckwithable and rules and all the other things, which are really great ways of explaining some really complex topics. But one of the things that I'm going to do, sort of to get even for that, is I'm going to drop a lot of f words here. Is that cool? All right. <laughs> the reason I'm going to do that is that we're talking about willpower today. Willpower is something that I used to make six million dollars when I was 26. Unfortunately, I lost it when I was 28. Which, <laughs> by the way, every reporter who's ever written that always forgets the second sentence. I'm like, no, I've really been working like everyone else, but I just had this brief moment of money when I was young and didn't know how to keep it, which is a different skill than how to make it. And I was pushing with every fiber of my being because I was really, really tired. And I was using my willpower like you wouldn't believe. And yeah, I was fat. In fact, I was so fat that I'm like, never am I going to allow this to happen again. I've had three knee surgeries before I was 23. And arthritis my knees since I was 14 and all sorts of other bad health stuff. So I was pushing against all of that weight. But I said, all right, willpower, here we go. I worked out six days a week, an hour and a half a day. I could bench press all of my thin friends while they ate french fries. And I didn't lose any weight. Cut my calories, cut my fat. I didn't lose any weight. And it just made me feel like there's a reason. I'm weak. It's a moral failing. All I need to do is push harder. So I got really good at looking at willpower. And you fast forward way too much money and a lot of time. And I understand a lot more about willpower and specifically how you can hack it. Because I believe now that the natural state of things is that they should be easy. And there's something to be said for working hard. But I'd rather work hard on an easy problem then work hard because working hard makes you a good person, even though it didn't have to be hard. It should only be hard when it's actually hard, not when you made it hard. So where does willpower come from? Willpower is a biological resource that you have. And there's all sorts of software thought patterns and things like that that can increase your willpower. You can do a hypnosis with Marissa. You can do other things that will give you changes in your software. But at the end of the day, if you don't have enough basic energy in your body, you will not have the willpower that you were meant to have because you can't make enough electrons in your brain and in your heart, in your gut, and in the rest of your body. Now, most of your willpower gets wasted. And what I found and what has absolutely changed my life allowed me to grow bulletproof while I was working full-time as a vice president at a publicly traded company, succeeding in that job with stock options and all that stuff. I'm like, I'll start a little blog on the side and grew it to where it is today. I did that because I was actively hacking my willpower. If you were to, say, sit back, say, I want to design an organism, just an animal, and I want to make it so that it'll live through anything, it'll absolutely survive forever, tens of thousands, millions of years, you need really only a few behaviors that the animal has to have. And the first thing you might consider would be run away or kill everything scary. It's a really good base operating principle, right? 
pretty much everything that's alive today, including plants, has this wired in. Plants don't run away very well, but there's a lot of them that will kill you. Just, you know, eat the right ones. So, okay, that's a neat one. That's our first F word, fear. And that translates to a couple other little smaller F words, fight or flight, your fight or flight response. That's a bit of a problem here. What if right now your nervous system thinks something is a threat? What's it doing with your willpower? It's wasting it, absolutely wasting it. Now, if I was to, you know, walk up like this and give you a dirty look and almost fall off the stage, <laughs> what happens is clinically measurable, right? I'm a tall, relatively muscular guy. In fact, the New York Times says I'm almost muscular, my favorite quote of my entire career, by the way. <laughs> and I guarantee you that every guy in here is wired so that if I do this because I'm taller than you, sorry, we're all a little bit ape, your skin got slightly sweatier, your pupils dilated a little bit, and you got ready to run away, right? It doesn't matter if you're my friend. Like, if I do that, it's going to hit you. And we're all wired that way, and it's okay. But that part of us gets way, way out of control. So when it's time to go to sleep, and you have thoughts racing in your mind, what those are is fear. Something's going to kill me. I need to run away or I need to be ready to kill it. And this has all sorts of metabolic effects. But worst of all, it takes away your willpower. It takes away your ability to do all the things you are. It takes away your ability to be who you are. Here's how and why it can do this. Inside your body, there's a couple different systems. But one of them has to be really, really fast. This is that thing, going back to we designed an animal, it can run away or it can kill you. Well, it needs to do it without thinking about it. You're wired this way, and it's actually frightening as all hell. If you were to, say, lean against a hot stove, what happens? Do you, I smell something. <laughs> I guess I should move my hand. Oh. Something moves the hand. How many of you think it was you who moved the hand? Good, good, you got to get my point here. Usually someone's like, I think so. But here's the point. It wasn't you. It was another consciousness in your body one that you're probably not aware of. In fact, one that you self-identify with and you think it's part of you. In fact, you might feel guilty that that part of you got afraid or that part of you wanted to run away or that part of you caused you to procrastinate, which is coming from that F word, fear. And what's happening is a speed mismatch. I call this in my book, the Labrador brain, but you could call it a meat operating system if you're more of a computer geek. This has to be there. It has to be there so you don't fall off the stage. I didn't go, I'm about to fall off the stage. Oops, I better lean back. Like, I felt there was nothing under my foot, and my body, thankfully, pushed me back. No thought required. Elegant, amazing, sweet-ass hardware. The only problem is it keeps doing stuff because the hardware hasn't been programmed that well. What programmed your hardware? The environment programmed your hardware, especially the environment. Get this, in the womb, even, when you were born, and the first seven years of life did the most. But if you've had some trauma after that, that can program you. There are people who are fine. They go into combat. Some of the Bulletproof team are combat veterans. And yeah, they get PTSD because the environment, watching things blow up around you, kind of trains the automated meat operating system. There are things around that might kill you. Get ready to run. Get ready to fight. Those are our only two options. Okay? That's a big F that, frankly, is fucking with you. There, I use the real F word. The second thing 
that saps your willpower, that's just wasting your life, is the easiest one to hack. And one where I've spent a lot of time, given that I was obese, I'm still covered in stretch marks from when I was obese. Don't know how to hack those, but I'm working on it. That one is food, your second big F word. You have fear and you have food. Now, we all just ate, but everyone here has something they really, really like. It might be a cherry turnover, a bagel, a donut, a bowl of candy. Chocolate chip cookies were mine. I love chocolate chip cookies. I just actually don't crave them anymore. And here's what would happen in Silicon Valley. This amazing change is happening. You go into a conference room, and there's a plate of chocolate chip cookies. And I'll tell you my inner dialogue, and you all probably know this because you have the same inner dialogue, and it goes something like this. Eat the cookie. And then you go, no, right? And then, predictably, it says, eat the cookie. And you say, mm, no, and so on and so forth. And pretty soon, you're like, it would be really nice if you eat the cookie. Think how good you'll feel if you eat the cookie. Imagine one bite of that cookie. In fact, salivary glands, come on, play with me. Who controls the salivary glands? Not you. The other little bastard in there. Pretty soon, you know, I wasn't going to eat the cookie. But if I just have a bite of the cookie, you're negotiating. You don't negotiate with terrorists, but you did. <laughs> then you have one bite of the cookie, and the meat operating system's like, bam, species survival achieved. This creature will not starve to death. Which is why if you take a Labrador retriever for a walk, it'll eat gutter tacos. It doesn't matter that it's going to throw up all over your carpet a little while later. It's, it's food. I might starve. Eat the food. Okay, basic wiring, and it's actually really useful. If you wanted to take a non-human, stupid animal, pretty much eat until you can't eat anymore, and always do that to make sure you survive. Pretty good operating system principle. So run away or kill stuff and eat everything. Right? We're all wired that way. And remember we talked about that hot thing we touched? The part of you that said, eat the cookie, and the part of you that convinced you to eat the cookie against your will, well, it's much faster than you. It's wired to respond to the environment, and it has something called a fast path in the brain. Your thinking, the part of you that's actually you, is a slow path. If you're going to think about something, you're going to use your prefrontal cortex, what's going on there is a little bit disturbing, because something else interpreted the environment, it probably changed the way you interpreted the environment, given that it sits between you and the environment. And it's seriously, seriously stupid, but seriously fast. You, on the other hand, are seriously, seriously smart and notoriously slow. The speed mismatch is a huge source of willpower drain because that conversation about the cookie, eat it, no, eat it, no, what that did is that made you make a series of decisions. And those decisions are expensive. We've all heard that decisions are a finite thing. We have a finite amount of willpower. There's a great study done in Israel. If you're in jail and you want to get out, just get one of the morning meetings with a parole board because they're fresh. They haven't made many decisions. You have a 90% chance of getting out of jail. You get the last meeting of the day, you have a 90% chance of staying in jail. It has nothing to do with what you did or didn't do. It has everything to do with how many decisions the people on the board made. So if you're sitting there and you eat a breakfast 
and the breakfast makes you have food cravings at 10 a.m., and you've said, I'm not going to eat any food because I don't want to get fat, then eat it, no. One decision, eat it, no. Another decision, eat it, no. Another decision. Pretty soon, your decision capacity has been drained for the day. And now, you need to make a decision. Should I buy that company? Should I go to the next A-Fest? I'm guessing that was an easy decision. But still, it was a decision, right? That is a major source. I would say at least a third to a half of where your willpower goes every single day if you are not controlling that part of your biology. And I did not know when I was obese the difference between a craving and hunger. And it turns out hunger is a much gentler thing than a craving, but for most of us, they're so intertwined that you just, I'll just have a snack, I'll just have a snack. The snacking thing actually means that you're giving in to this terrorist inside of you. But if you're using willpower to not give in to the terrorist, then you're burning up all your willpower. So most of us are sitting around much weaker than we should be because we're either giving in to a terrorist or we're spending all of our time resisting the terrorist. That kind of sucks. There is a way around this. We'll get there. We only have two Fs. We have fear. We have food. Anyone want to guess the other F word for me? Yeah, you guys laugh. Good, you got it. It's fuck, all right? Okay, remember we wanted the species to survive forever? Okay, run away from scary stuff. Got it. Eat everything. Got it. Fuck everything. Okay, we've guaranteed species survival. Now, I'm going to explain a moment that happens in a person's mind. You're on a hot date. Things are getting a little hotter maybe than you planned. And maybe you didn't really plan any protection. Now, a logical person would say, well, let's just play, but let's not actually have sex because, you know, you might get pregnant. That little problem there, if it's not what you're trying to do. So here's what actually happens. That little voice that made you eat the cookie? If you don't have sex right now, you'll die. Okay? All of us have felt that, except the virgin in the back over there. I won't point at you. No. This actually happens. The same voice that said the cookie, if you don't eat the cookie, you'll die. And if you don't run away from that scary thing that's not actually a threat, you'll die. So what's sucking up your willpower? Well, you want to eat everything. You want to hump every leg you come across, if you're the Labrador. And you're scared when you shouldn't be scared. What that means is that your challenge to turn up your willpower is to control that Labrador in your head. And there's a word that really resonates with me, and it's one that's been idolized and fetishized in the U.S., or just in the Western world even. And it's struggle. Like, it's good to struggle. And my picture of struggling looks like this. How many of you have ever seen a puppy go for a walk? I'm guessing many of you. I don't know how many people have dogs these days. But if you watch someone with a new dog go for a walk, it's something like this. You hold the leash, and you pull the dog along, and it fights you, and it lays on its back, and it, like, pees on itself, and it does all the things young dogs do. But it struggles, and it fights. And if you're like most of us, at a certain point, you get the dog to a certain stage where it usually doesn't pee on the rug. It only sometimes eats the cookies <laughs> that you left on the counter. <laughs> and it does other dog-like things, but it's within tolerances. But other times, something 
amazing will happen. You'll see someone walking with a dog, and they stop, and the dog stops. They turn, the dog turns. In fact, the dog might even be a service dog or a police dog or any of the other extremely well-trained dogs where it doesn't take any effort because the dog is attuned to its master. You have a Labrador in your head, and your job is to train that Labrador to behave like a service dog instead of to struggle all the time. The other thing that is most important for you to have the most willpower and for you to do the most good in the world that you want to do is you need to right now understand that that Labrador in your head is there for a reason. It is there to keep your meat alive, whether or not you're in there, and that it is not you. So if you're feeling guilty about the fact that you really wanted to have sex in that really bizarre way over there, dude, that's your dog. You may want to like let your dog go play. That's all fine. However, for you to internalize that and then feel guilty about the things the dog does. You ate the whole pint of Ben and Jerry's? Yeah, there's a reason for that. It might be emotional. It's not because you're a bad person. It's not a moral failing. It's not because you're weak, which is what we're universally taught. It's because another consciousness that resides inside your meat that is faster than you and infinitely dumber than you convinced you to do it. Your challenge is to simply grow discernment so that you can figure out what's the Labrador and what's you. And when you learn how to do that, then you realize, okay, I've now changed my software. I'm now in charge. And then it comes time to doing the biological upgrades that I'm going to talk about in the next 20-minute talk because those biological upgrades give you more energy so that you can do more. One of the mistakes that you could make, though, is to pour on a lot more energy without having this precious understanding of what's going on inside your meat operating system. Because if you pour on a lot more energy, yet you're still struggling all the time, you're going to waste most of the energy on struggling, you're going to eat a lot more cookies, you're going to hump a lot more legs, and you're going to run away from things even faster but you're not going to do what you wanted to do. That said, if you want to train the dog, you better feed it well, because anyone who's tried to train a hungry dog or a hungry child knows it's not possible. <laughs> They really won't listen. They'll, they'll do it for treats for a little while, and after that, it's game over. So start managing your behaviors, your automated species survival behaviors, as if they're trainable and as if they're not your conscious behaviors. What you are doing, and this has been proven in psychological research, is that you're reacting to the people around you, to the environment around you, and then your conscious brain tells you a story about why you logically reacted. What really happened? Your body did what it was going to do. You felt what you were going to feel, what you were going to feel. You felt that, and then you decided why you felt that. But the story is a lie. When I do the 40 years of Zen neurofeedback programming, I learned that because when you have a lie detector on yourself for 10 weeks, every story I've ever told myself that's a lie, well, when a lie detector tells you that, you're like, damn, I really like that story. <laughs> But that's not actually how it was. So what you just got is a very fast discussion of what happens inside your body. The biggest leak of willpower is applying your precious effort to things that are automated and urges from an untrained animal that's thrashing around inside your body. So it's all about training, and then it's about upgrading, which is where we're going to go next.
Vishen Lakhiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast.